welcome to the Chatterbox, your source for nonsensical chatter that may make sense or may not, with Zoe and Rhonda. Love you. <laughs> never oh, welcome to tonight's episode of the Chatterbox. I'm Rhonda. I'm Zoe. And tonight we have Ron, the crypto guru, with us again. Meat. Yeah, well, if we're talking <laughs> about literature tonight, if we're talking about literature tonight, we probably couldn't go with the crypto guru moniker tonight. We have to have something a little bit more sophisticated. Well, have you met um, us? We don't do sophistication. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I mean, the sexy author and TV show person, Ronald Murphy. There. Okay, great, great. I appreciate that. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Hope I live up to that introduction. So this is this is good. <laughs> right. Just last week we were talking Beltane, and tonight mm. we're talking about the wonderful world of literature. Mm. So history, right into literature, they're both two, they're both intrinsically linked together. So this will be great. So what do you consider literature? Like oh, would you I, I mean I know I, I know like uh Dante and um, uh, the guy that wrote Tess of the Durberville. I yes. can't remember his name. I, I know that's literature, but would you consider Anne Rice's beauty novels literature? Oh, I, I think that's a good question. Okay, so let's let let's dissect this a little bit. Um, so we would have to think. Okay, first of all. What are the classics? We'll go with the classics first because this is the kind of stuff that defines, you know, what the, the, these are the paradigms by which we judge um, other works of art. Mm-hmm. So in uh, Walden, Thoreau said, What are the classics, the noblest recorded thoughts of man? So taking that little quote and now applying it to things like Homer or things to Aristotle or Plato, then we can see how the classics come into play is because it informs the way that we think. You know, Shakespeare's classic because he added words to our lexicon. He added uh, figures of speech, like give me some elbow room. That's a Shakespearean um, phrase that we would not have unless unless he wrote. So that is the classics. So then we have to think about what is literature. Well, if you go to the library, you always find this little, or, you know, any place you go to, a little gas station, they always have these little things called literature where you can grab like a map or, you know, a little pamphlet about something to see or do in a particular area. Um, And they're just taking that word very literally, you know, something that's written on paper. But literature in and of itself, to me, means something far different. A dime store novel isn't necessarily literature because it was uh, produced not so much to uh, inform or even to entertain for that matter, but kind of something that's very trivial and kind of it's easy to shrug off. So literature to to me means that somebody intentionally took a lot of time to pursue an art form until it was brought to fruition. That to me is literature. So with Anne Rice, I I absolutely think that is literature. And I think whenever we review, uh, you know, the 21st century, you know, 200 years from now, 
she will probably be one of the people that we talk about as someone that you know is, is part of the classics because she informed this generation on things like you know the reintroduction of the gothic novel and she kind of uh you know put into our culture ideas that were not there until she came along uh the same way with stephen king now as a as oh, yeah, a literature yeah, right as a literature major though you know and somebody that we all here are students of literature um, that is a hard thing to justify in the world of academia in 2021 to say that Stephen King is, you know, uh, a treasure or he is, you know, some sort of uh, literary genius, because for the most part, he, he's uh, he entertains, you know, these are these are popcorn novels. But I think that he has so invested himself into our cultural psyche that without if Stephen King was absent, we would not look at horror the same way that we do now. So I think that he'll probably be somebody that's named as a you know as a as a classic writer here, you know, in a couple hundred years as well too. It's something that students will be studying, you know, two hundred years from now uh, in colleges around the world. Yeah, well, some students I don't remember which college it is, but they study the Fifty Shades of Grey books. Right. That started out as fan fiction. You know, that's the other thing, yeah. too. It was a Twilight right. fanfic, if it, I remember exactly. right. Right. So, again, what was the intention of the author? The intention of the author was to give you some erotic literature or some erotic writings based upon, you know, a movie. So it wasn't really set out to change the world in any way. So, uh, you know, I have taken a class, you know, I, and it's been, you know, years since I've been out of college. Uh, but I think it was in about 1993, I actually took a, a, a class at the University of Pittsburgh that we had to read a Stephen King novel. Um, and, you know, the, the, but the thing is that when we talk about the, the world of tragedy as well, too, you know, that's something that's very sacrosanct. And people don't like to talk about, you know, tragedy unless we're talking about Oedipus or we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, uh, Hamlet. But, you know, you can look at Death of the Salesman as a tragedy. You know, you yeah, can, you can, I love that one. Sure, you can look at so many different things and apply the 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 gold standard to them, and uh, they do hold up. So, do you think? So, you think like Shakespeare would be considered literature? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, well, I, one of the greatest and, minds ever ever uh, around to, to set pen to paper. Yes, and I know you're you know you're a fan of the theater. Sure. Um, how do you feel about saying Macbeth? <laughs> oh dear. Did you really yeah. go there? Yeah, yeah I, I really I, went there. Yeah, I, I've said it many times in the theater. I have no problem. Macbeth is one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. Um, and uh I would love to be able to do that sometime. Um, but I think that you know it's interesting that we're bringing this all together, and you did call me the crypto guru at the very beginning of this because uh, the last book that I had published in this realm was uh, on witches. And I have an extensive section on that book uh, on the Renaissance whenever we talk about uh, uh, witches uh, during the Renaissance, right. uh, because of you know, where, where this whole thing came from. Uh, but uh, yeah, Macbeth was actually based upon an actual, um, well, the, 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 um, especially the witch characters uh, were mm -hmm. based on a witch trial that was uh, presided over by, uh, uh, you know, James the first. So uh, in Scotland. So yeah, we, we have history in there as well, too. Yeah, we it, we have a professor, or you know, he's not our professor anymore, but he refuses to say Macbeth. 
at mm. all. At they all. No, the, the, the <coughs> play of which whose name shall not be spoken. That's the right. The Voldemort plays. Yeah, the Scottish play or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but, um, Scottish play. Yeah, what is interesting, though, is that um, <coughs> before James I had um, his uh, Bible um, uh, commission, you know, to write the Bible, he wrote a, uh, uh, several volumes on something called demonology, which talked about how to identify witches and how to persecute them. It's very interesting. Right here. <coughs> yeah. Right here. My, my mole, it's a witch's mark. <laughs> or considered a witch's mark. You would have seen well, the big one I have up in the top of my roof of my mouth. That would have gotten uh, me burned at the stake when I was a baby or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, that is the thing is that um, what you do uh, in order to identify a witch is you're looking for something that is um, a counterfeit of, of something that is more genuine. So whenever you're talking about a witch's mark, uh, things like, you know, moles or warts were seen as an artificial teat, you know, uh, for lack yeah. of a better world. And this is where the familiar would come and suckle off the witch. So any kind of bodily imperfection would certainly be brought under scrutiny. Um, and uh, there was a famous witch uh, in, uh, in Virginia named uh, Grace Sherwood. Who was? Uh, I've heard uh, of her. Yep, she was ducked. Uh, you know, the whole good, you know, lowering into the water, and uh, mm -hmm. she uh, she did rise to the surface, uh, and they uh, pulled her out of the water. Uh, they quickly examined her, and they found out that she did display uh, some of these witches' marks on her, and uh, she uh, she unfortunately was not um, executed, uh, but she was in prison. She later did get uh, get free. And she sued the state of Virginia to get her uh, her property back. And she's one of these great woman figures that I would love to see a movie made on. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, again, we're, we're talking about, you know, women being subjugated to a patriarchal society. Uh, we're talking mm. about- uh, Handmaid's Tale. Exactly, all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is a, kind of like a warning, if you will. Um, even when we look at the uh, witch trials in 1692 up in Salem, uh, by the time of uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne, um, what they did up there, they knew that it was horribly wrong, and they tried to exercise that part of their history out of Salem. So if you go up there now, there's only about one or two buildings that exist from the time of the Salem oh, wow. witch trials. Uh, the uh, the place of execution is now, you know, a parking lot. And um, it's really, there's nothing up there really to commemorate them uh, unless you look at some, you know, some recreations of certain things that were made in the early 1900s. Weren't um, the women and men that got hung or burnt at the stake for witchcraft, weren't they largely innocent? Oh, I mean, look, they were all innocent. Uh uh, it's it's interesting, okay, because you can be a witch, but not be guilty of witchcraft. Yeah, witchcraft Canada. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> witchcraft is the actual association with the devil. It's the actual, you know, using demonic powers in your life. Yeah, that's that, what yeah and that's not witchcraft. Is. Yeah. I, I mean, no. that's not witchcraft to me, but yeah. Well, sure. Um, so, 
I think all these people were 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 not guilty, um, but uh, you know, a couple you know high profile men were killed, uh, but they were mostly all women. But this was a time of witch hysteria. Oh, talking about the classics, um, uh, this is the time of uh, uh, the Crucible as well, too. Oh know? yeah, the Crucible. So, yeah. So another Scarlet Letter. Yes, yeah. all the absolutely. Well, the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we're writing the Scarlet Letter. You know. Yeah, hundred years or so after, um, after all this kind of stuff, because you have Nathaniel Hawthorne coming in with Young Goodman Brown, and mm -hmm. all the really really classic tales of uh, this breaking with puritanical New England uh, uh, virtue and and and, and dogma. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, all these kind of things. Uh, we talk about history and literature being intrinsically linked together. Uh, you can't have one without the other, and that is absolutely true. But um. Yeah, what well, you had just mentioned something, and I and I went off on a tangent. I lost my train of thought. But you had said something about about the people that were executed there. But what then I went off and said, well, what was going on at this time that witchcraft was actually it was hysteria. It was uh, in sixty nine to two, the same time as the Salem witch trials. There was uh, trials going on in Germany and uh, Sweden England. and Switzerland. Yeah, all over the place. Absolutely, yeah. Like, so it wasn't yeah. in just a couple of areas. It, it was wide. It was all over. Well, it was all over. And, you know, no witches were burned in the United States, at least officially. I'm sure it probably did happen. Uh, the last witch was burned at the stake in, um, in Scotland in something like uh, 1735 or 1745. It was sometime in the mid-1700s. Um, but the burning time that we talk about you know, that's Germany. Germany loved to set people on fire and they had no problem with it whatsoever. Um, but there was probably in mainland Europe, maybe a million people that were executed uh, over the period of a couple centuries for being witches. Yeah, it, it was funny because like Canada has a has a law on the books to this day that it is illegal to pretend to be a witch. Right. Yeah. But it's perfectly legal to be a witch. To be a witch. Well, um, England has had... Crystals of people. Right, right. England <laughs> has had uh, a witchcraft law that was just abolished in the 20th century. Uh, here, oh, in wow. Western, yeah, here in Western Pennsylvania, um, we, you cannot uh, read tarot cards or read fortunes unless you have a disclaimer on it that it's done only for entertainment purposes. Well, isn't yeah. it... Entertainment purposes, anyway. Yeah, because normally, normally, yeah, yeah, because normally, like, I know not everybody thinks, you know, not every witch thinks like this, but I know quite a few will believe that if you charge for services like reading tarot or rune stones or whatever that you'll lose your powers but it's ah. okay if they want to donate gotcha gotcha i mean yeah, i don't know how i feel about that but you know whatever i think they look at it almost as a gift and a lot of people you know in my field of work I, I work with a lot of people that have, have called themselves witches. And I think the majority of the people that call themselves witches don't have any idea what it even means. Right. Um, something just to latch onto. Uh, but those people that are truly identified as, you know, 
these people that are linked with the natural world. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody is going to be taking any kind of money. And I think they see it as a gift almost bestowed upon them uh, rather than a money-making tool to use as a vocation of some kind. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a healing tool. Sure, Damn, sure. I was doing uh, tarot cards. I should have been charging the sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting. What's playing us now? What was that? <laughs> kind of kicking myself in the ass now. Right. That's right. That's right. Whenever you look back and say, if I would have only done this. Yeah. Yeah. We all have that. So, you know, that instead of being nice and doing it for free because they were friends. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. And, and like, um, like talking about witches like there was you know there's witches all through literature like Circe from the Odyssey oh right the witch uh, Morgan Le Fay the white witch from the lion the witch in the wardrobe well Morgan Le Fay is from uh, the King Arthur legend yeah from uh, lion witch in the wardrobe right so look at these people that we're talking about they, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, that's to be said in any field, whether it's science or literature or mathematics. We, we stand upon our predecessor's shoulders and we try to remake what has already been done. And unless you have these seminal witch characters, you would not have, you know, what we have uh, to this day. You know, you wouldn't have the uh the uh, uh Grimm's fairy tales or you wouldn't have any right. of these, you know the characters in frozen or anything you have to start someplace and it's you know that greek literature uh that we talked about the the idea of, of cersei and yeah because um, she she was a goddess she well, a goddess well, of magic but still yeah. right right well i think that what we do when we see especially in homer um, and if Homer is to be dated somewhere, anywhere from 500 BC to 1000 uh, BC, um, he may be giving us a glimpse into how the uh, Greek uh, pantheon was developing. Um, it's very possible that he was using characters that were well known um, and that they would later become the gods and goddesses of that pantheon. Uh, if we think about it, especially whenever we talk about the uh, Trojan War and everything that's going on that now, Trojan War is probably somewhere around 1084 BC. Uh, so we we have these great characters like Achilles, and and you know, and and then when we get you know Ulysses out of here and all this other kind of stuff, uh, or Odysseus, if you know, to go with the uh, the Greek form. Um, and I think that these heroes are then seen to develop into these gods. So I think of the character of Circe, you probably have some sort of cultural reference to uh, a witch or witches that uh, seem to have some sort of supernatural power, and then they embody this in the form of a goddess that later evolves. Right, because uh, in the Odyssey, didn't she... Uh, um, <laughs> didn't she uh uh what was the word i'm looking for um didn't she lure odysseus away from his thing and turn all his men into pigs or something like well, that well sure odysseus is trying to get home 
you know, it, 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 the, the, the Trojan War takes 10 years. And then this poor bastard has to travel back home. And that takes him 10 years to get back home again. So the guy's been gone for 20 years. And in this, this time after the war, you know, he's trying to get back home. And uh, he gets into all these islands where he goes into all these adventures. But, yeah, she turned all his men into pigs. And she tried to lure him in, you know, with, with – uh, she makes a potion to cause uh, people to sleep. And, uh, yeah, she was a, uh, a really interesting character. And, again, uh, without her, uh, you would not have the magic in the Tempest that we find right. that was written in uh, 1610. Or 1611, I'm sorry. Oh. Literature is just no. It's great. I, well, well, it is. I mean, it makes us. It, it it shows our humanity. There's really very few other art forms where you can write down a word, and you know, a thousand years later, somebody can pick up your that paper and read the thoughts and feelings that you had, and uh, transmit it to you. I mean, uh, literature and 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 great works of of physical art and physical mediums you know this is what makes us human and this is this is the reason why we're alive this is what gives us a soul go ahead Zoe. oh me it's all you girl yeah <sighs> and there you have it folks our show for tonight thank you ronald murphy for joining us it's I'm my going... pleasure yeah <laughs> i'm rhonda and i'm zoe and, and good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.